I'm Callum. Hi, I'm Kate. And this is a podcast all about romantic comedies and, well, dating. So we will be going over some of our favourite rom-coms. Luckily, we're huge fans of rom-coms, especially the classics, aren't we, Cal? Yeah, for a straight guy, I I do love a rom-com and I'm not even ashamed to say it. I think, you know... Own it. Yeah, I do own it. I'm happy to own it. I'm doing a bloody podcast on it. <laughs> Amazing. And today we're going to start with a classic, actually probably my favourite rom-com. Hey, this is your favourite of all time. I would say this is one of my favourites. Uh, yeah, the favourites. Yeah. I mean, it's, go it's, it's up there for me. Like it's in there. It's in the top 20. Yeah. Okay. We ready to reveal it? <laughs> yeah. It's a, it's a modern day classic. <laughs> it is forgetting about Sarah Marshall. No. <laughs> what? Forgetting Sarah Marshall. (laughs) Forgetting about Sarah Marshall. (laughs) So we're going to be talking about forgetting Sarah Marshall and obviously the overarching theme of this film is breakups. So that will be the theme of the podcast. So we're going to talk about our best bits, our worst bits. We're going to talk about what we would do if we were those characters. And yes, address the god-awful topic of breakups. But we won't be doing it on our own today. We've got the lovely breakup coach, Dorothy, whose life is dedicated to healing hearts. She has her own podcast called How to Get Over Your Ex, and she'll be joining us a little bit later. Could there be anybody more suitable for this topic? Looking forward to it. So first of all, let's talk about our best bits, our favourite parts of Forgetting Sarah Marshall. Kate, what was your best bit? It's it's a little bit of a cheesy bit, but I love uh, when Peter jumps into the sea and... <laughs> I was going to say the same thing. It's so annoying. And she's that and she just jumps at him and it's like this passion, you know? And I love it. It's like, okay, confirmed. They both like each other. Let's get on with the movie, you know? The, the best thing as well is that it, it's... He's not being like overly like macho or heroic. He's basically <laughs> fallen off a cliff, kind of in tears at the point. And then he's like been brave enough to just about land in the water. And then that's when she's like, yes, I want some of that. Mm, I like it. He's in quite a vulnerable state then. I think they just were on a level together. It was nice. Both in the sea, <laughs> having a little kiss. <laughs> And the most, the night, the lovely, the, the loveliest, the loveliest part is the fact that he tried to kiss her the night before and she kind of rejected him. So. I know, it was like a build up, but I think we needed that in the movie to be like, oh, and then, oh, hey, like, <laughs> it's an emotional roller coaster, absolute no, it, emotional it, it roller really coaster. It is, but we needed that, well directed. Ah, so if that's your best bit, which you've taken from me there, I'm gonna say, my best bit is pro- okay. Actually, do you know what? It's it's Jonah Hill's fanboying of mm. Aldis Snow, mm. like when he rushes over to clean the cranberry juice off <laughs> off of his shirt as he pulls it. Like oh, I saw it from over there. Don't worry. Starts so dabbing him like in his crotch, even though he spilled <laughs> it on his shoulder. Like I just love the fanboy, which obviously like does spin off into get him into the Greek, but get him to the Greek. But um, yeah, I I. That's one of my favourite bits. Yeah, no, I I will agree with that. I think it's very funny. And also just linking to that when he brings the coconut cake with his demo CD. I love that bit. And we no- we noticed when we watched it, because we watched these films together 
and we noticed that he Jonah Hill's face is on the demo repeatedly, like a little stamp, which I think is just such a great little touch that I'd never clocked before. Okay, Kate, so what is your what was your worst bit of the film? This is, it's such a small scene. I think that most people would just not even notice it, but me, obviously, as a vegan, did notice this bit. I knew this was coming. Um, I, d- I couldn't even look at the screen, Callum, could I? I was just shocked. Honestly, I, I shed a tear. Um, when Peter had to stab, I think it was a pig, wasn't it? And yeah, it was it's like a boar. The darling got stabbed and then taken away on a little stick. And, you know, I think it was meant to be this funny scene as to where he's killing an animal and he's never killed an animal before, but not a fan, personally. The thing is, I remembered it. Before it happened, I remembered the scene. As soon as he said, oh, I'm about to uh, make, you know, prepare the pig for tomorrow, I was like, oh, no. And I I was thinking, she's not going to enjoy this. Vegan Kate is going to hate every second of this. But I I had completely forgotten about this scene. I think maybe I just never recognised it. Like I said, I think the more times you watch a film, the more smaller scenes and little bits you pick up. Um, But that that was my worst part. And that's a good thing, because I think the rest of the film was was pretty good. Yeah, yeah. No, I think my worst part is not so much that it was a bad part of the film in terms of the film is not at fault here, but just the bit that, that hurt me as much as the pig hurt you <laughs> was when Sarah Marshall is trying to get him back and is like mm. pulling his face towards hers and is like trying to kiss him. And then eventually like he gives in like that was the bit that like made me kind of that made my chest tight because I was like, oh, you've got me lacunas. Don't bother with her anymore. She's a bitch. <laughs> I agree. I agree. I was cringing at those moments too. I think, yeah. It's. It really is. It's. It's. It just. It just. Oh, it just hurts. It just hurts to watch. <laughs> so this next part of the podcast is where we are going to try and embody the characters of the film and say what we would do differently if we were them. Kate, let's start with you. If you were one of the characters, you can choose. What would you do differently? So I'm going to take the role as Mila, who plays Rachel. Rachel. So obviously when Sarah was hitting on Peter and they had the whole little lick the dip thing. <laughs> Should I not say that? You can say it. <laughs> um, lick the tip thing. Just, just in case you didn't quite catch that over the just, laughs. The whole lick the tip thing. I'm just quoting from what the hotel staff was sort of communicating with each other what was known publicly. Um, obviously, Mila's going to kick off, right? She hears this thing from whoever that, you know, Peter's kissed his ex-girlfriend and they had a little bit of, you know, sexy time. Well, he told her as well. So he, he okay. was the one who uh, confessed it. Sorry, yes, 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 you're, you're correct, yeah. Um, uh, I don't know. The, the first thing I would have done in that instance is respect the fact that he told me and then I think there was a little bit of time between when he owned up to it to obviously when he ripped the photograph down, you know, the nude in the in the public toilets and got beat up for it. That's another thing where I would have been like, mm, this guy is kind of sorry, you know, he wouldn't have done that if he didn't care. So I probably would have thought about it a little bit more before he obviously left the resort. Um, but I understand, I think, as a woman in particular, how 
prideful we can become when a guy breaks our hearts. And we're like, no, that's it, fuck boy. I don't want to look like an idiot. I've told my friends that he did this. I don't want to take him back because it's going to make me look like a fool. But then I think if he really loved you in like, well, four days, if he really liked you, then, you know, he wouldn't have done those things. He wouldn't have admitted it. He would have just forgotten about it, left the island, never called you. See, that's that's a really good point to raise there because it had only been four days, mm. right? And she met him as a crying wreck, sobbing after his ex-girlfriend, right? So then she, this ex-girlfriend, who he was absolutely devastated by, mm. throws herself at him and then he stops halfway through, confesses it to her, to the girl that he's only been seeing for four days. I do kind of I do kind of get what you're saying there mm. in terms of maybe being a bit more forgiving. But sure, it's not like six months down the line, you know, and you go back to your ex-girlfriend. It's so fresh. Um, so if I was Rachel in that position, I would have given him the benefit of the doubt and maybe put like some ground rules in place. I don't know. Again, it's four days. It's very early. I think it was a little bit dramatic there, Rachel. They hadn't even made it Facebook official yet, you know? I mean, there we go. There we go. So... That's true. Do you know what? I didn't expect you to say that. I did not expect you to say that you would have forgiven him for cheating. It, it wasn't cheating because they weren't together. They weren't exclusive. It's disrespectful, but it's not something to cut everything off for, you know? Very true. Very true. No, I like it. I guess the bit that I would do differently is, is the obvious bit, right? It's the bit where Sarah Marshall is trying to get him back, pulling on his face, you know. I would have got more satisfaction of walking out the room and saying to her, no, I'm done. Especially when the day before he found out that she'd been like cheating on him for mm, a year. That makes it so much worse. Yeah, like I would have been like, do you know what? Yeah, I know you want me back. Yeah, you miss me. Guess what? I've got a new girl now. Peace up, A-town down, dipped out. Yeah, and Mila Kunis, come on. The thing is, I get it. I get it. When you're, you know, you've got that bond. They've been together, what, five years. You know, there's a strength, there's a love. You know, I get all of those things. But I think the wounds would have still been so fresh for me that I would have just been like, fuck you. It would have been exactly what I wanted because everybody wants to hear their ex say, oh, I want you back. I want you back so bad. <laughs> oh my God, I messed up. I'm so sorry. I shouldn't have been with that superstar. I should have been with you. <laughs> but I would have enjoyed it more than half a blowjob to just walk out the room. I think I would have got more satisfaction from that. Yeah, but he was resisting at the beginning though. He really was. And then obviously nothing happened when she tried. He was resistant. I think he was in such a vulnerable state. It, it's so difficult. It's so fresh, you know? And to be honest, it's very hard for a guy to turn down a really hot woman when she's just all over him, coming onto him, especially if there's feelings involved as well. Mm. Yeah, for sure. It's a difficult one. But no, I, I admire you, Callum, and I would say that I would do the same in theory, but um You, you just you just don't know until you're in the situation, right? <laughs> you don't know. So we've talked all things about our film, uh, which is of course forgetting Sarah Marshall, but now is the time on this podcast where we bring on a guest. And who better than Dorothy, the breakup expert? Hi Dorothy. Hello. Thank you so much for having me, you guys. This is so fun. And people will probably be able to tell from your accent that you're not from these here parts. <laughs> no, I am not. I am in the United States. <laughs> it was actually Kate that found you. So Kate, how did you come across Dorothy? I, I think the first thing I typed into Instagram was something like breakup coach and you came up first. So 
yeah, there you go. Well, that's fun. Who knew that I came up first? That's amazing. That's fun. Yeah. Love it, it must mean that you're the best. That is just what it means. You know? I mean, for sure. For sure. <laughs> I definitely approach things very differently than other coaches out there, I think. So that's fun. Have you seen Forgetting Sarah Marshall? Yes, I have. Love the movie. Such a good one. Well, that is the <laughs> the kind of the stimulus, the inspiration for, for this episode. Um, and so naturally... Uh, if you'll remember, uh, it's probably one of the worst ha- cases of handling a breakup in movie history. Um, so, you know, I guess we really want to talk about how to handle such a, a terrible breakup. Yes, I'm ready. Let's dive in. Kate, what's your what's your first question for Dorothy? Yeah, so I guess my question is, if you were kind of, if we if we put ourselves in the situation of the movie or something similar, there's been a breakup and the Sarah, obviously the ex has gone straight to a new person. And I guess that's quite difficult to see if you are the ex and you are sort of alone and you haven't really found someone else to, um, to kind of start dating. So, so what would you suggest in that situation if you see your freshly uh, made ex sort of, sort of with a new person, how do you deal with that? Oh my gosh. So this is perfect that I feel like I'm talking to you guys about this because that's exactly what happened in my breakup. So kind of my rock bottom breakup was I dated this guy for about seven years and then he broke up with me on the phone when I was away at a business trip. And then um, he, when I came back to the house that we had just moved into, he had already had another girl staying there every night since I left. So, and that was like a month after the breakup. So he moved on very quickly and I was like heartbroken, obviously, and devastated about the breakup in general. But then, um, there was the added layer of like betrayal and anger Mm -hmm. and resentment. And I think that was one of the hardest things that I've ever worked to let go of is that emotion. And, um, I did all the things like I Googled, how do you get over your ex? How do you forgive and let go? And I did all of those things for a solid year. And I, of course, one of the most common things we hear is that it's just going to take time to get over your, your ex. And it's just going to take time to heal your heart. And all of that, you guys is bullshit. I also didn't (laughs) ask if I could swear. So I apologize if we're not allowed (laughs) to swear. <laughs> no, <laughs> S- s- swear away, but I love the fact that you've said, of all the words you've used there, you've said bullshit, which is a fa- like a very commonly used quote from the film just bullshit, 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 bullshit. Yes, 110% bullshit. <laughs> yes. And um, it's just, it's not, that's not it at all. And, um, Ultimately, throughout my entire time of trying to learn how to forgive and let go, I ran into life coaching and I ran into a bunch of different podcasts. And ultimately, I found out that it's our thoughts and the stories that we have around things that happen that create how we feel. And so I was like totally like caught off guard by that because I thought that it was what he did and how he handled the breakup that created my feelings of anger and resentment. And so I was able to kind of like take that story back and change the story and like let go of what I was making it all mean. And that ultimately allowed me kind of like the freedom and like the breathing room to finally like let go and move on. And that's ultimately what brought me to become a breakup coach is I was like, oh my gosh, everyone needs to know that 
that number one, thoughts create feelings, who knew? And two, how to actually apply that in a tangible way. And so I make sure everything I give you is like bite-sized pieces that always have like a next step correlated to it. Um, And yeah, so I feel like when it comes to a breakup and handling breakups, it's really thinking about what are you making the breakup mean about you? So if you were, I forget the main character's name, um, the guy, if you were him, he was struggling significantly, obviously, because he was making the breakup mean something about him. That's that you know, Sarah had like left and moved on quickly. And we have to really understand that a breakup is happening and it has nothing to do with you. It has everything to do with that other person's thoughts, feelings that created the action of breaking up. Does that make sense? I covered a lot in a very short time frame. No, it, it does. It makes sense. Um, I think it's, it's that point that you were saying there about like, you know, because I've, I've dealt with friends who have gone through terrible breakups and I've done my best to try and support them and give them all that advice and, and say similar things and say, look, it's, you know, it's, it's how you handle this. But how do you kind of, when someone's in that hole and you're trying to pull them out of it and you're trying to say, look, you know, you're trying to shake them and say, come on, like, get over it. Like, how do you kind of get someone out of that and and in that process where they control their thoughts and therefore their feelings? Yeah. I mean, the first thing is just recognizing that it's optional, right? Like the story that they've been telling themselves is optional. And I, I don't want to ever coach my friends because it's, they never ask for coaching and I never want to give unwarranted coaching. But when my client or when my friends are in that, it's like one of those things, if my friends or family are in this situation, it's one of those things where you can simply say, hey, do you recognize that the story that you're saying is optional? The facts are this person left because of X, Y, and Z and and you're making it mean this about yourself. Do you recognize even that that story is optional? That might not necessarily be true. And if it is true, it doesn't mean you're required to continue telling yourself that story if it's not serving you. And you can always like offer that to them to kind of help nudge them. But of course, they're, that's something that they're going to have to, they have to want to do things differently. And sometimes you don't. And that's where kind of, I talk about a three-step process in getting over your ex. It's feeling your feelings, creating closure, and then focusing on your future. And that's where if they're in the, the depths of feeling the feelings, it's just allowing them to feel the feelings and recognize the story that's creating those emotions. Does that make sense? Yeah. Yeah. That, that was fantastic, actually. <laughs> and I, I suppose my question from that is – what would you recommend in terms of next steps? Would you recommend going straight into dating or do you recommend waiting for a little while? What's sort of the process? It depends on where they're kind of at. So if if they are wanting to date because they just want to build connection and they feel like they've healed and they feel good on their own, then I'm like, yeah, go for dating. But you mm-hmm. have to be cautious with the dating if you're using it as a distraction or a, as a way to feel mm-hmm. good or fill a hole that you feel like needs to be filled. And the way that I like to talk about it with my clients or my listeners um, is just really learning to build a life that you're totally obsessed with, that is everything you ever wanted, build a life better than the one you thought you had with your ex. And then when someone comes to join that, they're just the cherry on top of the Sunday. And if the cherry rolls off the Sunday, like no big deal, your life's amazing either way. Love that. 
I love that analogy. And, you know, you know who, who can complain when it comes to ice cream? And, and I think that's a good point that Kate's made because obviously in the film, for example, you know, he ends up like jumping straight in with Mila Kunis and you can see that he's kind of like filling a mm. void that was there rather than kind of in a, you know, the appropriate place to kind of move on effectively. Mm. Um, but then there's a point where Sarah Marshall tries to get him back um and you know he's gone through the healing process at that point he's actually healed he's he's you know onto a new lease of life he's he's not drinking he's happy he's got a spring in his step what's your opinions on kind of revisiting that chapter if if you have kind of just recovered from a breakup is is there ever a time you can get back with someone Absolutely. I do believe that that's possible. Um, I don't think it's always a bad idea. And I think that um, in society, we've made a lot of like preconceived notions about it not working. And if it didn't work once, why would it work again? Um, And I I think every situation is very different because a lot of times I see individuals come out of relationships where they take full ownership over the stuff that their ex was upset about and broke up with them in the first place for. And I've seen, um, I have a client that I'm thinking of specifically where she went through, she got married, went through a divorce and jumped into another relationship, then jumped into another relationship and realized that she never handled the baggage from all of that and brought it into that third relationship, which was someone she truly loved and adored and wanted to be with. And he broke up with her for reasons that made sense to a logical you know, standpoint. So when she started working with me, it was very much about I want to get to the place where I'm good with or without him. But if he does come back, I want to show up as a different human. I want to have a different relationship, even if it was to be with the same person. And they, at the end of the program, she did get to that place where she's feeling good. She's feeling amazing either way. And then he did come back into her life. And now they have a completely different relationship. That's really interesting. Does that make sense? Yeah, I I, I love that because so many people do say, oh, you know, they, your ex for a reason and, oh, you know, don't yeah. go back, you know, but that it's, it's nice to, to hear mm-hmm. that kind of positive story, actually. Yeah, it's absolutely possible. Mm-hmm. But that was really interesting, actually, just to sort of like reshape how we view breakups. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I already feel a lot more positive about, about breakups. So, yeah, that was, that was really good. Um, and I'm excited to hear some of the audience questions and uh, best and worst breakups. <laughs> Okay, so this point of the podcast, we like to get the the listeners involved. And, you know, a topic like breakups, we were inundated with responses. Um, So we've kind of tried to handpick a few of them. And Dorothy, we'd love to hear what you have to say about these particular scenarios. Love it. Let's do it. The, uh, The first one is she said that her ex stole money from her bank account for months Um, She should have broken up with him straight away, but it was in exam time during the third year at uni. Uh, So a few months later, as soon as uni finished, uh, they met up um, in the same place that he asked her out and then they broke up. It was a bit of a sting for her, basically. Mm -hmm. Yeah. But I I guess the, the key point from that is that she had her reason to break up but was almost afraid to or was like using excuses like, oh, but it's busy, there's exams. But he was stealing money from her. Like, that's quite a black and white reason to break (laughs) up with someone. 
You know, it's not like, mm, I feel like the spark has gone. It's like, no, I feel like my money has I gone. Think she's blinded you know, by so- love. Yeah. I mean, that's totally, a, that's totally a thing that happens. Um, I love that you brought up like the whole idea, Kate, of like being blinded by love. It's, I mean, even when you think about a breakup in general, when you break up with someone, a lot of times it feels like withdrawal. Because what's happening in your brain is there's a reward loop happening where you've gotten this high, you get the giddy feeling when you first meet someone and you're falling in love. You know how great that feels. And you get this reward and you think of the person and then you get the reward by seeing the person and it's like this cyclical thing. And then when you take the reward away, then you have the withdrawal symptoms that you would have if you were withdrawing from like a hard drug or substance of some sort. So a lot of times that happens. And I think also when it comes to that specific specific example is like, of course, the fear, right? Think about any time we experience a negative emotion, we almost like keep ourselves from taking action because we think the negative emotion is going to be worse. But really she was feeling and experiencing a lot of negative emotion while it was happening. And she was trying to prevent more negative emotion. And what I teach my clients is it's very much about learning how to experience negative emotion and recognizing that you're never going to die from it because our whole life is going to be 50% positive, 50% negative emotion. So just understanding that emotions only actually last, you guys, this is insane. Emotions only last in the body for 30 seconds. The only reason they last longer is because we hold on to a thought or a story that keeps the emotion there for a longer period of time. Oh, wow. That's really interesting. Mm-hmm. 30 seconds. Gosh. Isn't that wild? That is wild. So so when you think about experiencing a negative emotion, it's like, could you just sit with a negative emotion without reacting to it, without resisting it, Mm. or without avoiding it, and just allow it to be there for a number of minutes and just see what happens? Uh, It's interesting because I've I've heard the term sit with it, but I actually didn't realize that's what it it meant, really, just feeling, sitting with that emotion and then moving on from it. Um, Mm -hmm. That's good advice. So yeah, that that's yeah. so I I never get angry and people often call me a sociopath because of this because I just I just don't let myself get angry. <laughs> I'm just like, "Nah, you know, whatever." And now that you've said that, I'm going to use that as a as a comeback. I'm like, "Well, did you know that emotions are only felt for 30 seconds? So how about that?" <laughs> <laughs> too good well and you you think about a child like think about a child who gets upset about some like their cake pop dropping in the sand and they have a tantrum and then two minutes later they walk off and they're like totally fine Mm. it's true they've just allowed the emotion through their body and Mm. then moved forward we're all we all need to have more of a childlike mentality when it comes to emotions that's what it is just move on So there's another uh, anonymous uh, response here, and this is very messy, so bear with me. But um, okay, basically, uh, her boyfriend ran out of credit um, back when we used to have credit on mobile phones, um, used his best mate's phone to text her, uh, was, who was also his next-door neighbour. Um, but then his mate continued to text her from the next day onwards, uh, to the point where they started seeing each other and cheating on the boyfriend um, until eventually that she sneakily broke up with him. Um, and then when the truth eventually came out, obviously they were, you know, let's just say they were just next door neighbours now. So uh, that is, 
almost like a soap opera in terms of what was going on there um, especially <laughs> yeah. with no names as well because you're like right the, the boyfriend and the other boy the boyfriend's best mate she basically cheated on her boyfriend's next door neighbor slash best mate and then eventually dumped him um yeah like scenarios like that where you've got potentially you know someone's moved on before the relationship has even ended we you know we talked about people moving on you know quite quickly but moving on mid-relationship um how do you deal with with that on on both sides I guess that's a good question so it's like and I I want to make sure that I'm following correctly but it's like she was in the relationship and then she was cheating and then she left the original relationship to be in the new relationship right here yes eventually yes okay yeah I mean ultimately it just it's so dependent on like the specific situation and what's happening. Like what led her to make that decision to her, I say her, but like him or her, what led to that decision of her moving forward? And then is, was she doing that because she genuinely wanted to, or like what's, what's happening there? Because I think it ultimately, it comes down to humans do human shit. None of it makes sense. We do like the craziest stuff And we can't control what other humans do, but we can control our reaction to what another human does. So if I was the partner of the person who cheated, right? So if I was the original relationship person and I found out that my partner started seeing my best friend halfway through our relationship and then eventually left to be with Mm -hmm. that person, I would have to accept the reality of, okay, that happened. There was nothing I could do to control that. That was totally a them thing and not a me thing. And I don't have to make that me. And I wasn't good enough or, you know, I wasn't lovable or I wasn't worthy of that person's love. I have to decide how I want to personally react to that and what do I want to make it mean. Um, does that make sense? Yeah, that that's a good way to think of it. I think a lot of the time when we break up, we always turn to ourselves and question, was it me? Did I do something wrong? Um, and that's right. not necessarily the best mentality. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Exactly. You always get to create the story around it. And it's Absolutely. always creating the story that serves you versus a story that harms you in some way. Yeah. It really is just mindset, how you deal with it. So that that kind of ties in quite nicely with the the next sort of anonymous confession um because again it's around cheating and and breaking up but uh basically her boyfriend um was trying to shag the office receptionist um and then his former housemate told her a year after they broke up that he regularly cheated on her and brought back uh, brought girls back to the house quite often so i've got two questions there the first Mm. is obviously kind of as a follow-up to what you said before there about when someone, you know, maybe cheats on you or hooks up with one person and that potentially forms a relationship, that's one thing. But in this instance, he was just, you know, just going around and sowing his seed every week, for example, with different people. So it's a slightly different kind of emotional uh, situation to deal with. And then the second question, um, I guess, is she found this information a year after they broke up. So what do you Mm. do when you think you're over someone, it's all good, it's all fine and dandy, and then suddenly you found out this really painful information, um, you know, way past the relationship existing? So 
I mean, ultimately, I don't know if your listeners are like going to like this or not, but I'm just going to be real straightforward. Um, cheating is cheating and it's, it doesn't matter like when it happened or how it happened. You always get to decide what you want it to mean. Right. So in my, in my philosophy, the way that I do things with my clients is cheating is neutral. It doesn't mean that you have to feel neutral about it, but you have to decide what you want to make the cheating mean. And ultimately, like I said before, it's like, you're going to want to make the cheating mean something about you. Like he was off with all these different people. That individual might make it mean, again, I wasn't lovable. I wasn't worthy enough. I wasn't enough. Um, and if she's doing that, that's only going to harm her, not him. And then the fact that it happened, she didn't find out until a year later, some people wouldn't even like be bothered by that because they're, they've moved on and they're like, oh yeah, he was like, you know, in his own drama. It had everything to do with that individual. It had nothing to do with her, right? Because ultimately cheating happens. If you have cheated before, it happens because of a thought error. It doesn't necessarily mean you're a bad person. It just means you have a thought error that creates the action of cheating. You have a thought that leads to a feeling and then that feeling leads to an action. So for example, Um, I was in a relationship in the past where I found out he was on Tinder and when I asked him, you know, what's going on, what happened, he said that he felt not loved in the relationship. And so he had a thought I'd not loved by her, which made him feel unloved. And when he felt unloved, he then searched for love outside of the relationship. So from a logical perspective, I can understand that. Do I agree with it? No. Do I stay in the relationship? No, but I can understand he was only feeling that way because of his thinking and there's nothing I could have done to make that different. I can't Mm -hmm. change someone else's thoughts or story that they have. No matter how many things I could try, I could try to be like, I love you every day. Here are all the reasons I love you. And he could still choose to have the thought, she doesn't Mm -hmm. love me. Does that make sense? Yeah. And it's, I think it's a secrecy as well that that, that makes it worse rather than just communicating it. Um, Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yes. Right. And most people don't want to talk about it or even have the conversation mm-hmm. because the per- the other person's really mad. Like think about if you were to cheat and mm-hmm. you tell them that, they're just going to be mad at you and like there's not an open yeah. communication it's, line. It's been it's, it. you know yeah. what? It's been fascinating because mm-hmm. when you, you know, when we knew that we were going to be talking to you, and we're going to be talking to this breakup expert. I don't know, I kind of felt like I would know what you were going to say but almost every question that we've asked you've given an answer that I just didn't (laughs) expect or you know it still makes sense but it just was a slightly different perception of of the same thing or something like that so it's been so interesting speaking to you good I'm so glad I told you I do things a little bit differently (laughs) yeah it's been really eye-opening thank you so much Dorothy Of course. Thank you so much for having me, you guys. This was so much fun. And for anybody that wants to get in touch with you, uh, how can they find you other than searching on Instagram for a breakup uh, (laughs) counsellor or or whatever it was that Kate searched for? What's what's a more effective way to find you? Uh, Yeah. So I have a podcast called How to Get Over Your Ex. So you can listen there or you can find me on Instagram at Breakup Coach Dorothy. Amazing. Brilliant. Thank you so much. (laughs) 